Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Right Stuff Anime Podcast. I am Thomas Breckenridge. I am the merchandising manager here. I'm Quinn. I'm a merchandising coordinator. I'm Chris, also a merchandising coordinator. I'm Will. I'm a social media coordinator. And thank you guys for joining us again this week. Uh, this is a bi-weekly podcast where we kind of get together and just kind of talk about things that are going on in the anime industry and things going on here at Right Stuff. So we don't really have any big news to talk about this time, so we're going to kind of just get into uh, what we've been watching and what we've been reading. Quinn, what have you been watching and reading? Uh, I've been keeping up with some of the latest streaming episodes, so Fire Force, uh, <clears throat> the uh, Given... Is that, did I get the name yeah, right? Yeah, Given. Yeah, that's okay. right. I'm like, mm-hmm. is that right? That seems so short. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I've got those two going on. Uh, there's others in my queue. There's too many. I can't remember. And then <laughs> I picked up um, Love in Limbo, which is a sublime title, which has been really interesting. It's got more plot than anything, which I like. So, um, so I'm not yeah. I'm not really familiar with a lot of the sublime uh, mm-hmm. the boys love. So is it kind of a mixture of like very intense boy love and then some stuff that's like more like narrative driven or yeah, it's a hit or miss. So the entire sublime line can either be, hey, we just have the barest bones of a plot just for some kinky time. Yeah. Those I'm like, no, get out of my face. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I want plot along with that, okay? Um, and then you've got others that have really good plot lines, and honestly, you could just, if you're not into boys' love, you could just take one of them out and put a girl in there, and it'd be the exact same story. Mm-hmm. So I like the ones that have plot-driven narratives. Um, another one besides Love and Limbo, which has a little more supernatural stuff to it, too, because they actually are in limbo between the living and the living world and heaven and hell. And the one guy... And I, if I say this, it's going to be a spoiler, so I can't say it. But he's he's special in the fact that he's not really dead, but he's not really alive, and they're in limbo. And I know that sounds confusing, but they do have it more explained. And the one, um, he's also a reaper, so he helps to not only protect the souls that are in limbo from giant things that will eat them that look like some sort of very weird large bug with teeth. Um, but he also sends them to be reincarnated. So those two get together, but there's so much more plot between their relationship. And there's some outside characters that play a big role in, in their relationship, too. And I've just been enjoying it. It's I think it's only a two-volume series, I think. Yeah. So, so did you just pick yep. that up from a recent Sublime sale? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, awesome. so I, I did. It was... It's... Um, I just liked it because it's got the plot. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're looking for more uh, sublime line with plot, uh, I would also highly recommend one called Jackass. It's very good. It does have a lot of kinky stuff in it, too. No blurring. So if you're into the kinky and you just want that, go for that one, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I, I've never delved into any of the sublime stuff, but I have read, like, uh, Classmates, The Seven Seas, like yeah. that, and that kind of stuff. And I do I do like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I Like I said, I haven't delved into any of the sublime stuff. But Yeah, I hear The Sunspot is another really good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. One Piece. Yeah. Yeah. For us to get a One Piece mm-hmm. sale, so I can die. I know. That. I need the fourth volume. <laughs> I have the first three. <laughs> no. Anything else? Uh, I'm sure there are more that I'm forgetting. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a life. we work long hours here at right stuff (laughs) all right chris what have you been reading and watching well i've been keeping up with all my current stuff too still watching uh um, dr stone kimetsu no yaiba i've been keeping up on those uh my roommate is also watching some stuff lately it's funny i'll come back from work and he'll just be like in the midst of steins gate and i'm just like Oh man, I was gonna watch that, and you're on episode nine, and oh. now it's just—he was just like it just quickly turned from a very quirky, fun show to a very quirky, dark show, and I'm like, well, yep, I could have told you that, <laughs> but um, like, don't me, watch it over his shoulder; it'll ruin everything. Yeah, for but uh, I also took advantage of our birthday sale that we also just wrapped about a week before we wrapped the Sublime sale. Um, I've always been a big Gundam guy, and Gundam Wing is what got me into being a hardcore anime fan. And so I decided to treat myself. I picked up the Ultra Edition on Blu-ray with the box and all the goodies. And, oh, it was so nice to get, like, nostalgia going, 
it's the first time I've seen it that clear and broadcast. One of the things I thought was funny, it's the first time they've ever had like subtitles for the theme music. Like I'm actually hearing the lyric, seeing the lyrics to the Gundam Wing theme music, which was never there for the VHS or the DVD releases. And so this is just something that I'm getting a big kick out of. But then also to continue to the Gundam thing, like I also picked up, I'm continuing on Gundam Thunderbolt, the manga. And that is a lot different because this one's just like Wing is a little bit overwrought, a little bit overdramatic. Thunderbolt is just gritty in the trenches, violent and really interesting. It's just, it's brutal. Like, it's, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's a really good compliment to the one year war stuff. So, mm-hmm. if you're a Gundam fan, check out Thunderbolt. It's real good. Yeah, I really, really like Thunderbolt too. the animation. And I'm a big fan of musical scores. And oh, if man. you love jazz, like, there's some smooth jazz going on with all yeah. that killing in uh, Thunderbolt. <laughs> <Killing>. so, <laughs> yeah, like, it's smooth killing. Yeah, it, it's, I, like I said, I, I really like Cowboy Bebop soundtrack, and there is very much hints to the oh, yeah. that jazz style. Theo Fleming um, finding his happy place by just doing little drum solos in mm-hmm. his cockpit before launching. Yeah. No, it, it is really good. And they're very short, bite-sized pieces, too. Like, you can easily sit down and have it, like, each part watched in less than an hour. So, it, it, you, the more you know, probably the better of experience it is. But at the same time, you don't really have to know anything about Gundam yeah, to really sit down been, and enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I would compare it very much to, like, Battlestar Galactica, like the yeah. reboot, where it's just, it's not a happy place, and people are just trying to survive. Yeah. For sure. But it's good. It's gritty. It's If you're looking for something serious and dark, it's a good read mm-hmm. and a good watch. All right. Well, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I watched all three episodes of Vinland Saga. I haven't gotten around to watching episode four, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that's going to be, a, a, based on the ending of three, it's going to be a whirlwind of emotions. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> And, but in the meantime, I've been uh, watching Welcome to the NHK. Mm. Oh, uh, it's this, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a classic anime, and I'm getting to finally sit down to watch it. Really enjoying it. It's one of those one of those very one of those possibly very relatable shows <laughs> for for people who are in the in like the main character situation of being a Hikiku Mori mm. Mori, which is essentially like a shut-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is. It is a bit. Um, it is a bit. Uh, uh, what's the word? Sad, what? saddening. <laughs> yeah. But they try to liven it up with comedy. Oh yeah, for but, sure. But they use a lot of comedy very well to it, and mm-hmm. it's just been a really, really. It's just been a really great watch, and I hope. I hope to see more adult drama anime like it in the future at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, and then I've also been uh, reading some manga. I got to read uh, Beastars mm. to review mm. for the site, and I really, really enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, it's a nice, tight high school thriller about uh, one of the herb. Like it's set, you know, in the air. All the animals are like anthropomorphic, and herbivores, carnivores living together. And then one of the herbivore students at high school ends up getting murdered. He gets eaten. Yeah, he gets okay. <laughs> eaten, murdered, do the same thing. <laughs> they, they, they keep saying who ate ate whoever his name was, and I'm like, yeah. Will's enthusiasm was was big, so I I read it after he was done. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, really good, really tight. Uh, talks about a lot of topics that are really like relevant to to mm-hmm. today's society mm-hmm. in a new and very very interesting way. The art style is also very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit; it can be a bit sketchy, but it really ha- really adds to the tone, especially how they mess around with like shadows and light, mm-hmm. especially in in the night scenes. There, mm-hmm. some of the night scenes there have been expertly done. So I'm definitely going to pick up the next couple volumes whenever whenever they come out as well. So is there any fairy tale element to it, or is it no. just like? Let's take a lot of common situations that happen in everyday <coughs> life and just put the the humans, but as creatures in those yeah, situations. Yeah, it, it's it, the comparisons to Zootopia are very apt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they still like so if they're a wolf, they have like the tendencies of a wolf. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where yeah, that you could do the same story as humans, but it really wouldn't work as well if you did. That's because humans hopefully aren't eating each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one, true. One thing on that, though, is that um, you're talking about how 
they blur the line between animal behavior and human behavior really well and it's smooth because like the the main character his dorm room you can only have roommates that are the same species as you so we're in the same like genus yeah yeah so so his roommates are all canines so he's got a hyena Mm -hmm. and a dog and some other canines Mm -hmm. there that are part of his area of the dorm and i found it really interesting too that they had like the cafeteria food you know, even the even the uh, meat eaters don't really eat meat, but yeah. they have proteins that fulfill the need for the meat. It was like, okay, this guy thought the author thought this out a, a lot. And it's not just mammals. You see like snakes slither around the background, <laughs> and you will notice that any all the food they eat, none of them are fish. So it makes me wonder <laughs> if there are <laughs> if, they, if the fish have sent have like are like as sentient as the other as like the other. Characters. They, they use a wheelchair to get around yeah. to different classes in their bowls. Yeah, well, right. just imagine like a whole like sea of like actual fish. Like, yeah. You know, Maybe it's just really noisy down there. <laughs> like, Man, those guys are jerks. Shut up. <laughs> so do they touch on the thing that do they actually take care of the earth they live on? Like they don't uh, litter because like the other thing I can think is the fish are preparing an uprising because all the, <laughs> the bee stars litter all over the place and they have destroyed their ocean and now they're gonna strike back and it's that just... will be the like last three volumes of the manga <laughs> will be the great fish war. This will be a spinoff series. <laughs> yeah. I, like I read the hell there. out of it. One of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons is still the one where the dolphins come out of the sea to enslave uh, the humanity. Um, so I, I would. I would okay. pay to see that. You need you need to go read the first volume of Shibuya Goldfish in that case. I have read that. There you go. There's your fish, fish it's one of those. It's very much one of those ones you read one time. You never have to read it again, but it's totally worth reading the at one time. The concept is insane, and the fish look so dumb, and they eat people. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible in a good way. Yeah. Anyway, sidetracked. <laughs> Anything else, Will? Uh, nope. Nope, that's what I've been doing pretty much on the anime side of stuff. Cool. <laughs> well, I will be heading to Crunchyroll Expo here in a couple weeks, and I've been preparing by rereading a lot of Junji Ito. Uh, I just finished reading Gyo, Tokyo Fish Attack, which it's funny that we were just talking about <laughs> the goldfish one, because it is very much uh, the... Uh, the creatures come out of the sea to, you know, destroy humanity as it is, and it, <laughs> Uh, I really like it. The They did an anime adaptation of it. Uh, Aniplex released it, um, mm-hmm. and it was okay. It, the the anime, unfortunately, made it a little comical. Like the It's coming off the heels of, to- of, of Sharknado. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but Gyo is actually a very dark, very good story, a lot like it, uh, of his stuff. Um, I, re- I really do prefer Junji Ito's short story, like narratives, um, where it's like a self-contained story to about maybe 60 to 90 pages. Like he, he's able to do a lot with a little. Like I always think of the idea like, um, they had a whole movement of tell a scary story in one sentence or two oh, sentences. Yeah, yeah. And Junji Ito just seems like he would be really good at, like, he writes down an idea and then he's able to write 90 pages on just a simple sentence or one idea. And mm-hmm. that's always been really creepy to me. And um, I plan on going to see scary stories uh, uh, you tell in the dark. So mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, maybe watching a little Junji or reading a little Junji Ito would be good. Um, other than that, it's just been mostly this this season has just been so busy that like half of my week is just made up of keeping up with everything because everything is actually really good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Fire Force continues to just be good episode to episode. Their pacing is just really really good. Um, they're they're introducing characters like almost one to two every episode. But they're doing it very well where you're still able to keep up with who they're introducing, mm-hmm. why they're going to be important to the plot. You know, they're not just, like, dumping. Like, I, a good example is, like, Bleach where he goes to, like, Soul Society and it's just like, here's these 13 people yeah. that you need to know now. And you're like, okay. <laughs> there will be a quiz after class. Yeah, and it's just like, but no, Fire Force for being kind of a shonen series is mm-hmm. very good at pacing. So you're, mm-hmm. you're able to keep up with it. Demon Slayer continues to be great. Um, it's going to be really sad when that kind of ends. But mm-hmm. the manga is just as good, so please read the manga. The manga is uh, the Shonen Jump, like, simul manga of it is, I think it's reaching its end. 
Um, and then um, Attack on Titan just finished up last season. So I've been reading what's been coming on Comicology. And uh, that it's just about over. It is reaching its climax, and it is getting insane. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of just been it. Uh, I'll continue my. Uh, you should be watching Vinland Saga. If you're not watching Vinland Saga, you should <laughs> subscribe to Amazon Prime so you can watch Vinland Saga. <laughs> or you need to just create a bunch of fake email addresses <laughs> to get a bunch of free 30 day trials so you can keep watching Vinland Saga because it's that damn good. Is this where we need to drop in the disclaimer now like we're yeah. not condoning these actions these are the opinions of right stuff staff only yeah nonetheless it's like it's amazing like it's so good and then it, my theory on amazon just picking up one amazing show every season to keep people hooked continues because they picked up blade of the immortal mm. oh, and they released oh, yeah. the first couple scenes from it this week and it looks phenomenal like the animation looks like you what you would have wanted in berserk but we got cg nonsense instead <laughs> but uh blade of the immortal uh, i'm not i haven't read to see what they're going to adapt if they're going to just adapt a certain arc of the story blade of the immortal is a very very long story so and there's many points where they can just kind of start off from um so it'll be interesting to see with that high quality animation i can't imagine they're going to be able to do the entire series that way so i'll be interested to see what arc or what part of the story they end up adapting so yeah mm-hmm. vinland saga yay <laughs> speaking on vinland saga we also have the uh buy, buy the manga and you get a pin yes here's the same oh, yeah. shameless plug yeah shameless <laughs> plug uh, for our uh, newest uh, kadansha promo this month mm-hmm. it is vinland saga you do get a cool vinland saga pin of thorfinn uh, the manga is amazing. I know that the the anime is not going to be able to adapt everything. So if you really like that show, the manga is just as great. And they're really nice too. They're hardcover. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like you might see twenty dollars for a manga, but you're getting a really nice hardcover, and they yep. put in the effort to make sure it's going to stay nice on your yep. shelf and look good too. And it's an omnibus, so you get I think it's two volumes per book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just had an interview with the mangaka for Villain Saga, and uh, it's. I don't know if it's been on hiatus or he hasn't been writing very much, but he says that he's going to start again. He's going to get to the best part of the story, which made my head blow off because <laughs> I thought, like, this whole story has been great so far. So I'm like, if we're getting to the good part, like, what the hell else can happen now? So I'll, I'll be looking for that. And hopefully with the success of the anime series, um, Kadansha won't have any issues making sure the rest get published. Mm-hmm. There was a very scary period there where the... Um, we didn't know if the series was going to get continued on. I think it was at volume six or volume seven, but mm-hmm. they continued on, thank God. And people have kind of got onto that train and really liked that show. Mm-hmm. So, I think the plot, the plot twist for Vinland Saga is obvious. It's when the fish people rise up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the fish people. All right. Uh, so one other thing we just wanted to kind of talk about is uh, we still have our uh, donation drive going on for Kill Annie uh, here. It'll be going on till the end of August, uh, August 31st. Um, so if you are on the site and you wanted to find a way to donate to Kill Annie, um, we are making sure those funds are getting directly deposited to them. So they will be able to use them for the families for to help the studio get back to where it was. And uh, Quinn, where are we at right now for donations? Uh, as of today, and this recording is on Friday, the 9th of August, we have had fandom step up and they've raised $15,828. That's awesome. Yep. So yeah. fandom is nice. coming forward and mm-hmm. helping out. Yeah, we've done a lot. We do a quarterly uh, donation to a lot of different things. ARL, the Animal Rescue League for mm-hmm. of Iowa, yep. we've done. Trees Forever, Big Brothers, Big mm-hmm. Sisters. And we've never had a, a great, like, this amazing of an outpour of uh, support for something before. So yep. it's really awesome to see everybody kind of come together and for this kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, like I said, if you come visit our site, you can donate. You don't even have to buy anything if you don't want. Um, yep. mm-hmm. But we do, if you do go to our website and go into the search for products and type in Kill Annie, you can bring up all the products mm-hmm. that we have um, that were made by the studio. If you're interested to see if there's some stuff you might've missed or if there's something you've always wanted to pick up like Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Mm-hmm. So. All right, for our review this week, it's going to be Astro Lost in Space, and I'm going to send it over to Michael to give a brief synopsis over the story. In the year 2063, interstellar space travel has become the norm. 
What sort of adventure awaits on the new frontier? It's the first day of planet camp, and Airy Spring couldn't be more excited. She, along with eight other strangers, leave for Planet McPaw for a week-long excursion. Soon after they arrive, however, a mysterious orb appears and transports them into the depths of space, where they find an empty floating spaceship. Will it be their salvation, or get them further lost in space? With the anime coming out and people kind of getting introduced to it, uh, we kind of started discussing what we would want to review, and Astro Lost in Space is just kind of a great five-volume series that, like, from start to finish, there's not a lot of fat in there. It just kind of smooths right through. It's a great story, and the anime has been expertly animated and just as good as the manga. So we thought we'd all come together, get all five volumes uh, read, and (coughs) kind of discuss what we thought about it. So the way we're going to do this is kind of just give our general thoughts on the series real quick. We'll go around the table. Then we will warn you that we're going to spoil everything about the series. So (laughs) if you haven't read the manga yet, you might want to turn off um, and come back to it once you finish the series. Or if you're watching the anime right now, the anime is falling almost directly with the manga. So if you are watching the series right now and you want to kind of wait till that is all over to know what happens and all the twists, um, just turn it off and come back to it here in a couple weeks once the series is over. So, Quinn, we'll start with you. What did you think of Astro Lost in Space? I liked the fact that it was more than just a group of high schoolers shoved into a situation and they had to survive. Because that's literally what it is, but at the same point there's this underlying mystery that they're trying to solve, which when I was reading it I was thinking, how in the world are you going to solve this? You're like stuck so far out in space that you have no one around you. What? what why are you even trying? But the more they discover about each other, the more they realize that there's more to the reason why this has happened to them. And I thought that build-up was really well done, and the characters all play off of each other really well. But I like the underlying mystery, and once they like that aha moment takes place, ah, I see what you did there, guys. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot for what it is. Mm-hmm. Chris, what did you think of this yeah. series? I thought it was really well done. Like, I've always been a fan of more hard sci-fi stuff. And this reminded me a lot of Star Trek Voyager, where a very similar thing happens, where it's just a bunch of people get dumped on the wrong side of space and have to work their way back. And just to have it done to just a bunch of random teenagers who you think would be woefully unqualified to do this kind of thing and just be stranded and left to die, just, it works out. It, it, it's interesting to see how they work it out and make their way across the universe in their journey. It's really cool to see them each specialize in their own unique skills that really come together to build a nice team dynamic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will, what did you think? Uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed this. I, I like to. I like to jokingly call it Breakfast Club in Space. <laughs> uh, it's just a nice cast of characters brought together. And as you learn more and more about them, the book just keeps getting better and better as they, as they explore the characters more. It's got a pretty nice mix of humor and drama, mm-hmm. I would say, overall. Um, some nice uh, plot conveniences here and there, but that's to be expected yeah. when you're when you're like when you're in a survival survival story like this. It's not cynical at all with mm-hmm. its story. Oh, like yeah. you would think, like oh, it's Lord of the Fi- Lord, Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like that at all. It's more of a like com- com- camaraderie. A, yeah, camaraderie, yep. a team based on teamwork mm-hmm. and optimism, yep, more yep. foremost, and yeah, a little more Goonies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just it, that that helps elevate things a bit here. Uh, and just, I'm surprised that the writer of Sket Dance was able to make write something like this. So, and mm. so I'm excited to see see what more he does. And he made an excellent work of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I really did like Astro Lost in Space. Um, it was just kind of incredible um, when they are kind of traveling from planet to planet. Um, the world building that's created there every world feels like it's been lived in there's creatures you know the the plant life and everything like that the seasons like mm-hmm. uh they, they visit a planet that like is stuck he puts so much effort into this and it just kind of you can tell the thing i really like too is 
you know, there are some comedy moments in it, but if you want that, like, hilarious camaraderie, like, he puts a lot of that at the end of each volume of the manga, where you can read these little side stories oh, of yeah, yeah. them oh, joking yeah. around and having a good time. So, the like, little four coma stuff. Yeah. 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 So, if you like that stuff, it's in there, you know, at the end, but he doesn't put it in the story to kind of fatten the story up. It's, like, in there just to help. He has little uh, little sections at the end of each chapter too that delves into like the characters, their height, oh, a little yeah. bit of their background, things about their suits. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, you can tell that he had this whole thing figured out before he even started writing it. He knew about these characters. Mm-hmm. He knew about the worlds they were going to visit. He knew about the, the ships and how they were built and the structure of them. And that kind of stuff just always blows my mind that yeah. you know that he wasn't just making it up as they went along. He had a start to finish and he had everything figured out when he had started writing the series. I think it's really neat too when he gets to the end, like near the end, like mm-hmm. instead of just having, oh, this is what these characters are, he starts breaking down, this is how I designed these characters. Yep. And originally he's like, he originally planned for like 13 or 15 mm-hmm. kids being on the adventure and ended mm-hmm. up being nine. And it showed how he winnowed down that cast, sort of streamlined it, put a few of the different characters into as one, or just eliminated concepts altogether. And it's just a good way to see the creative process going on there, too. Because, yeah, he did put a lot of planning into this, mm-hmm. and it shows. And he, he thought about the ship design really well, too. <coughs> and, and I really was impressed when there's a, like a little side panel about a guy who contacted him and said, hey, the ship's really cool and I build models. Can I get some like diagrams and I'll build one? <laughs> I think it took him like six months, but even in black and white pictures, I'm like, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that is impressive, dude. Yeah, I think that's what's made the anime so good because like all those details are finally yeah. showing fully animated. Mm-hmm. And the way that the show is done, it's always done in like a widescreen, like mm-hmm. epic style, mm-hmm. like... Oh yeah, the it, it's I'm happy it's getting the adaptation it's getting. Mm-hmm. So presented in Cinerama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so those were kind of our general ideas. I think everybody here liked it, so we're gonna get into spoiler talk. <laughs> I at a certain point I was just like, I wonder if M Night Shyamalan wrote this because this thing has so many twists <laughs> that it's almost. And I'm not saying it like it makes the story bad, but it's just like, what is going to be the next thing that is wacky and crazy that's going to happen next? But the best part about all those twists is you think that, and he still connects all the dots yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's yeah. so great. They swerve you, but it builds to a climax and mm-hmm. really consistently it's not just like I'm just making twists and make twists like yeah. lost yeah. it's like it actually has a concept behind it and it's just well so well fleshed out yeah so we'll get into spoiler talk here so Spoilers. so basically what we find is these the nine students that are lost in space they slowly put the pieces together that they were all sent out there for a reason and the reason why is they all uh-huh, our clones. Terrible, terrible family lives too. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's <laughs> why. That's why. For the most part. That's yeah. why I said Breakfast Club, Lost in Space, because the one thing they all share is that pretty much all of them have terrible parents, except for Aries. Aries yeah, yeah. Aries, Aries had a great time. It's just that wasn't her mom. She's yeah. the outlier. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I don't know if people actually heard the main reason that they have connection. Oh. So the the reason why they were all sent to space is they needed to get rid of them because they were all clones yep. of uh, their parents, of fathers and mothers, um, and I mean exact clones. So basically, in this in Astra, planet Astra, uh, they have found a way which is not legal for them to put the consciousness of one person into another. But the only way it can be completed is through them putting it into an exact clone. Yep. So these parents... And you also have to be like over 20 in order for yep. it to work. Yeah. So they have yeah. to raise There's rules kids. here. Yeah. There's rules here. <laughs> um, but they eventually piece it together through mm-hmm. uh, like little events that happen between the characters. And uh, they start to find out that they, they share a lot in common. <laughs> And uh, I believe it was Zach who ends up finding out when he runs a thing between uh-huh. the uh, sister oh, and the adopted yeah. sister yeah. Uh, to see if they're actually related, and he finds out they're the exact same person. Which, yeah, because they find out that the younger girl, her mom was fair-skinned, and they're all like, you look nothing like her. Yeah. You look more yeah. like your, your Both of them are you know, super tan and blonde. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's yeah. like, what? So they find out they're basically the same person at different ages. Yeah. Um, and then they're just like, well, that's weird. And they're like, well... <laughs> they're like somebody's like well maybe we're related to our parents too so some people have some items of their parents so they take dna yep. off that mm-hmm. and the next thing they know they're all related to somebody i love it's, the fact that the one accidentally grabbed her mom's toothbrush because that's such a thing to actually yeah. Yeah. do well the worst part is they've been in space all the time and she also admits i haven't even used it <laughs> i like stop for a second i'm like Ugh. well i mean they're gathering food and water like toothpaste how are they they don't have time to generate that oh man <laughs> Maybe they've got Sonics no, or something. Nonetheless, I thought that was an interesting tidbit. I'd be interested to see if that's literally the exact translation is, I haven't used it yet. <laughs> um, but one of the other things that kind of happened throughout this is, so they figured all this out, and then they also do find a ship that is almost identical to theirs. Um, that has, Which was just floating in space when they found it, just a random derelict ship. Yeah, for the, like, the longest time I'm going, this is too convenient of a plot point. I yeah. need a reason. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he Hides it. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, awesome. In a way I did not see coming. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, whoa. When they're visiting the planet, uh, they find a ship just like theirs, and inside is a uh, older woman uh, oh, okay. who is in cryosleep. So they wake her up, um, and she, I did, you don't know this at first, but she's Russian. Um, I think they call, they refer to her as uh, Big Sis Lena. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they, like, are just all, we found you. You've only been in cryosleep for, like, 12, 12 years. years. Just 12 and she's years. like, oh, that's not bad. She's like, I can't wait to get home. And uh, they all kind of celebrate and stuff like that. And then after you thought the clone thing was crazy enough, <laughs> <laughs> you, you find out that... Uh, she thinks they're going back to Earth, which at this point, you think they're going back to yeah. Earth. But you find out that Astra is not only the name of the ship they're on, Astra is also the name of the planet they're going back to. Which <laughs> has remarkably the same almost style of continents, but just a little bit different enough that you can tell they're yeah. not the same thing. And yeah. also, nobody thought of weird. It's like, why are we calling our ship the Earth? Yeah. just <laughs> they, they name it because of the, the phrase Peraspera ad Astra famous Latin saying, was on, like, the the, the uh, commission plate mm-hmm. in the bridge of the ship. And they're just like, let's just call it the Astra. Uh, that's like finding a car in Chicago and, like, <laughs> I'm going to name this the Chicago. <laughs> just, yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> so, they didn't know Latin. It sounded cool. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't know the name of their own planet, though. That is true. <laughs> through their discussion, they also find out that uh, World War Three happened, and that's kind of where the story is just like World War Three. Like, oh, that must have happened. Like, like, so yeah, but they thought it happened in 1963. Yeah, yeah. but also the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, uh, yeah, so her being Russian, Cuban Missile Crisis, and she's like, oh no, that's when we like all yeah, they got diverted. Yeah, it never happened. And, <laughs> So then you figure out that um, through piecing stuff together that uh, they, basically a giant meteoroid was eventually going to hit Earth in, I think it was 2052, Mm. something right around Mm -hmm. that time. And uh, they basically had to find a way to move everything on that planet to a new planet, which the new planet they eventually moved to is Astra. And they do it through giant wormholes, which are the same wormholes that are chasing our characters all the time. <laughs> yeah. which is, at, at this point, you're just like, why do these random wormholes keep popping up and trying to kill these children? Like, what, what is this thing? Where did it come from? So, I thought it was sentient for the longest time. I'm like, how is it ho- planet hopping with them? Is it on the ship? What's going on? Yeah. Technically it was. So they they find out that they all eventually did get off there, but not before once they made the announcement that everybody was going to have to relocate to this new planet, mm-hmm. a giant war between the whole world uh, happened, basically killing half of the entire population. Uh, the devastation was so bad that everybody actually finally came together because of how bad it was, and everybody decided to make a world of peace. Mm. But by doing by doing so, they decided the best way to do that was to lie to everybody and to <laughs> yeah. set everything back a hundred years and pretend yeah. that like the last one hundred years never happened, and uh, that only 
So there is a place on Astra that is basically kind of like mm-hmm. uh, kings and queens, monarchs, like... No it's technology. Like, yeah, 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 no technology at all, but it's there because it reminds people of the good old days. And yeah. uh, they're yeah. the ones that hold the secrets to all the stuff that's going on. And they have uh, one of the original Astra ships there, yes. which is yeah. even more, like, mind-boggling because they were, they, what, they, they keep or something? Yeah, they keep it in the basement. Yeah, they keep it in the basement. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Along with the Titans. So... <laughs> <laughs> After all these twists happen, and you're like, oh, they're finally going to get back home, uh, the wormhole appears again. And then you are reminded once again that there is somebody amongst them that is trying to kill everybody. But, yep. you know, you've been so busy figuring out that Earth isn't a thing anymore, <laughs> and that everybody's a clone that you you forgot. Yeah, there's, you know. Plus, they hadn't tried to kill them for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, things they have been good. Alive. But, yeah, it's, it's just like... Happy. When they first arrive on the ship, oh, somebody cut out the communication system. And then it was only touched on like twice within the next four and a half chapters or four and a half books. You know, I follow things pretty well in books, and I actually had forgot that there was somebody trying to kill them (laughs) because so much crazy stuff had happened. (laughs) So uh, they they basically (coughs) devise a plan to kind of trap the person who it is, and Ares kind of falls on the information that Charse was never in their class at any point. Like she, Yeah, she has a photographic memory. Yeah, mm-hmm. She never recognized him. So that pretty much leads the group to kind of figure out that he's the one. So they trap him in a cave, make him reveal that he is the one that's trying to kill them. Basically, his story before was that he was, like, there to, you know, eventually be the clone that took over for... Um, yeah, the king. The king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had a, a friend that was a girl that unfortunately died. Well, that story ends up kind of being a lie. Oh, yeah, it was the princess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ends up being the princess who died, who was his... Yeah. Was basically his sister, but at the same time... He's her dad. Like we won't get into that. By, by, by the genes, <laughs> they yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he was the only one that actually knew he was a clone. Yeah, too, yeah. Really. He's yeah. known the whole time that he was a clone. He knew everything about the revisionist history of mm-hmm. Astra, um, and his job was basically uh, always that he was going to die. Uh, for his king at a certain time so the king could live on and, you know, continue to rule. Um, But his plan of going there and having to kill everybody changes when he finds out that Ares, who this whole time was thought isn't a clone, is a clone because she is the clone of the king's daughter. But she was, the daughter was so mad that a clone was made from her without her knowing that she sent her far and away with the, what was she? She was a surrogate mother. Like a handmaid, yeah. 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 Like she gave birth to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She like carried her the whole way, but she loved her, so they sent her away. So Ares is basically the clone of his sister and he doesn't want to kill her because he wants to take her back to the king and kind of be in king's even better favor that hey look what i found like we can put her memory in there i can get my sweet sister back and all that good Mm -hmm. stuff we should also say that some of the reason why they were sent off into space to to be killed off is because the government had installed this new like dna tracker Mm -hmm. or something yeah so they would immediately know hey we've got clones out here there's Mm -hmm. illegal activity going on so the people who made the clones were like we must dispose of them and we can't leave traces because there's dna in traces and these people are literally traces yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so they basically finally convinced charles after uh canada uh uh, loses his arm basically saving charles um, which is like the only casualty that happens this whole time, yeah. Yeah. which to me is just like, okay, so you've been through all this dangerous stuff, almost been killed all this time, know, right? and they get back and only one guy lost their arm, Yeah, and, and it was and because it, of his buddy. And that was just <laughs> orbiting Earth. Oh, by the way, they got dumped to Earth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I say, yeah. there are some things in here you <laughs> gotta kind of stretch. Was there. Yeah. Because yeah. it never got uh, used in the spaceport, which just fell off the world because it, you know, blew up. Yeah, the station got taken out when the by, asteroid. By the asteroid. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, question mark. Like the asteroid, like hit the thing, and it was like, oh well. Yeah, and it knocked the 
the original yeah. Astra into orbit, and it was just permanently floating, <laughs> yeah. and they yeah. just like popped out right there. Yep. That that's the more convenient part of the story that you just yeah. So like not another million pieces of space debris. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and and poor poor sis Lisa Lena whatever her name is. Oh, the, Lena, the Russian. Yeah. 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 She she's actually was in cryosleep for 112 years. Yeah. I was like, oh, you poor girl. Yeah. That scenario they were talking about earlier with themselves <laughs> happened to you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And her spacesuit is so different from hers. <laughs> Yeah. And she's always going, how does that even protect you? It's so thin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. So, basically, Charles finally comes to his, uh, you like, figuring out that what he was thinking was wrong, and they all become friends. They go back, mm-hmm. get all their parents arrested. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that they, they talk about what they're going to do, and then it just cuts to them being, like, arrested. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, everything they said just, has already happened. Yeah. And I love the fact that we actually got an epilogue, because like, I yeah. compared this to Star Trek Voyager earlier. With Voyager, it's just like the last thing you see is just the ship flying over San Francisco as it finally arrives home, and that's the end. This, they got back, and then you see what happens yeah, to them. Yeah, you see what happened to them like years on, too, Exactly. You get a great up. postscript of, like, yeah. this is what we did with our lives now that we actually got this crazy experience mm-hmm. and overturned these people who, yeah, created us, but B, for super nefarious reasons. <laughs> and they're stuck in jail, so we're just going to live our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And not care. Exactly. Yeah. And, then they all, okay. and then they all become their parents. Like, legal <laughs> <laughs> documents. Which just makes me laugh. I just be like, okay, well... I'm the dad At now. least everybody's happy, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, they all get back. But, I mean... The thing that makes, like, I know we're laughing at some of the crazy stuff that happens in this, but the thing that makes the story so good mm-hmm. is the characters. Like, mm-hmm. each oh, yeah. one has their own unique personality. They all kind of share, like, abandonment and child <clears throat> abuse, like, things that happen. And it's not mm-hmm. like they like they all got hit. Like, child abuse could be they were never loved. Yeah, their they parents, were neglected. Yeah, yeah they, they get neglected. Well, because the parents I mean, tried to make sure to distance themselves because they yeah. knew, oh, yeah, this person, I'm just going to overwrite you in 20 well, years. Yeah, well, yeah. like, the, the artist guy, he was like, here, take care of this child because I will get attached and can't, you know, kill him, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Yeah, Luca. Luca. Luca yeah. also, oh, yeah. yeah he's, Luca. He's, Got a really interesting story yeah. arc of himself too. Luca was probably my favorite story yep. throughout the whole yeah. one because mm-hmm. I always really like it when you know I I've seen so many forms of media just you know very tactfully like be like oh they're like intersex or they're mm-hmm. transgender or but the way mm-hmm. that they did the story for Luca was just really 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 outstanding the way that Luca reveals to everybody that. Uh, she he or she is intersex yep. and it's really cool too because at that very end you get to see her being comfortable in her own way yeah. like she's mm-hmm. like now you know female yeah. and, and well, stuff at the like end that of it too i had to look at it and i'm like that's luca right right mm-hmm. yeah. hair change yeah and hanging then, out with the girls now yeah and <laughs> you know he uh she was raised to be male yeah you know and yep. uh I just I, I saw the story uh, Luca and uh, Ulgar I think or Ulgar yeah. yeah yeah his name like mm-hmm. that that was just a really good story how mm-hmm. those two became uh, close and how Luca always kind of picked on him <laughs> after that about yeah. that like in very playful ways like I yeah. I, yeah. I, I just thought that was done really really well mm-hmm. one one thing on that too is like the original artist I thought it was was like telling that because the original felt the same way about being trapped in a body that didn't match their yeah. their own gender that they tweaked the DNA to mm-hmm. have Luca be be that actual representation. I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting yeah. too. Yeah. I don't know what that says about the author and his thoughts of artist. Yeah. That, but I mean, <laughs> he, he's an artist himself. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just the ability that they were put they were able to put Luca in there and have him be a gender fluid character to be mm-hmm. like I'm mm-hmm. free to be whatever I want when I want to be mm-hmm. because that's who I am yeah. Yeah. and just not have any weird things come out of it like mm-hmm. any shaming or yeah. anything like that mm-hmm. no shunning it was just like this is who Luca is he's been with us this whole trip and yep. we believe in him and he's mm-hmm. been such a staunch friend of ours that we're just going to reflect that right back that's just yep. such an awesome vibe of inclusion there mm-hmm. I was yeah. a big fan and he's more than okay with being with being intersex exactly like, yeah like he's, he's, he takes he takes uh, pride and, and joy in, in 
and, be, and being being gender fluid. Yeah, so. and it kind of gives you hope that that no matter all the other stupid stuff that that society did about erasing a hundred years of history and cloning children and whatnot, maybe at least they're a little bit progressive in some spots. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, every character had their own unique story. They all had mm-hmm. shared experiences, and they were all kind of able to come together. Um, in the end, because of it, um, and like one of the things too is each one of them is like an expert at something. Of course, oh, yeah. you have your expert marksman, you have your expert like cap, like person that's able to like fly the ship. You have a doctor. You're in high school, you have your license already. Yeah, is super good at jumping. Yeah, you've got, you've got the bar athlete. The girl with the super smart memory, and then there's poor poor Yunha. Yeah, yeah, she's the bard. Yunha, the singer. Yunha. Yeah, who, she's who the bard sings? of the party. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad that she at least got a little bit of character. When like when trying, I only watched like the first couple episodes, and just I was like, oh yeah, she's the large chested girl that doesn't say much, and eventually yeah. they explain why. It's because her mother suppressed her entire personality because being a famous singer Mm -hmm. if this other singer shows up that's like an exact copy of you that's 20 years younger shows up then oh hey that's probably a clone and so she was just like don't make yourself noticed ever and it was nice to see Yoon Hwa finally step out of that and just push away that and become her own person yeah so I know we did like all the characters in this. Who did everybody have a favorite character they really liked? We already said who it was. I like Luca. Yeah, I think is it <laughs> all, all everybody here like Luca. I think I, I was yeah. a big fan of Kanata too, Kanata just because too. he's yeah. just okay. such a ball of positive energy. Like mm-hmm. even with all the struggles, he was just always saying, "We've got this. We're going to keep on fighting. We're not going to quit." Good job. And, and and like when people would screw up, he's like, "All right, that's not a problem. We we're fallible. We're human." Like. The, the big part of chapter 5 is yeah like Charles tries to kill them all and he just straight up says yeah I you just chopped off my hand screw it we've gone through this together we've been through hell I know you don't really want to kill us we're still going to be friends you're still going to get us home yeah. and finally Charles is just like you know what you're right I'm sorry about so, your arm. He's just yeah. such an awesome positive force that I, that drives the team, and there's a reason why they put him in charge, even though he's kind of a dummy. Yeah. And he's a little bit on the like overtly too positive. Would you shut up for a second, type side? And you I see, I kind of love those characters. Like, I, I'm a little over the top. He's a little anyway, annoying so. in the beginning. I, I see why they didn't want to make him captain because I wouldn't want to listen to him all the time. <laughs> um, but he's, yeah, I he, like him. Like I do like, like him. He grows on you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you ever play Rocket League, he seems like the guy that would accidentally spam, spam, like, what a save, or good job, <laughs> or great game. He has nice. catchphrases in the beginning, though, because he tried to oh, yeah. drop-kip that guy, and he's like, oh, why did I pick something so difficult to say? Yeah. And he's always telling everybody, good job, at the end yeah. of everything. He's <laughs> just the cliche main protagonist of a shounen anime. He's your Naruto. He's your main Oh, no, character. no, no, no. He's above them. No. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. no. He has a way better personality, but when you start naming your attacks... Yeah. He does it once, and he learns his lesson. Yeah, he, he has one it. named attack, yeah. and he uses it twice. No. I, 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 I did like him, but I, it was kind of fun to see how he just was filled with so many, like, you know, cliche, like, positivity. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that, that's what made his character... Um, he yelled out anti-Matt Thigh-Dommer, and then he realizes he said it wrong, oh. and he's mad at himself. So yeah, there you go. Thigh-Bomber, was that it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, anyway. was there any characters that you didn't like, by chance, or did you... Um, I mean... Oh, go ahead. Oligar? Oligar? Not, not like... Olgar. Olgar. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, at the beginning, before uh-huh. we got, you got to, before you got to know him... He was just like very much your stereotypical loner who didn't say much. You yeah. would always go against everything Kanata or anybody else would say just to be contrarian. Yeah, like once they reveal that somebody on the team is out to kill all of them, it's almost like the author just put big blinking arrows and like, this is the guy you're supposed to think it is. Yeah. yeah. He's the one that ends up with the gun. Yeah. Watch him. Yeah. Watch him. Reveal this gun. Yeah, that's his talent. He's a master marksman. So, (laughs) thanks Hitchcock. He's the villain now. Joey Gunhaver. The um, bigger sister out of the two identical girls. Oh Um, yeah, not funny. But no idea how to say her name. Quittery. Yeah, Quittery. Yeah, yeah. She. I don't know. She was like she was annoying character. Whiny about everything. Uh Yeah. Yeah. She seems like, like I skimmed her line. Her whole specialty is <laughs> she was really into medical stuff because yeah. her mom was, and I was just like, "You were gonna have the worst bedside manner ever." 
I did really like Zach's character too because I love the part where he goes like, "Well, I thought we were engaged this whole time." Oh god, yeah, I thought great. that was like hilarious. He was, he was like, just "What so, are you talking about?" He was so How do you remember that? that? Oh. Um, Nobody takes childhood uh, proposals like seriously. Yeah, yeah. and then he's just like, "Well, I thought we've always been a thing." And, but he is just like, I don't want to say he's emotionless, but he's very like straight and to the point. Yeah, he's, like, he's very. He's your A plus student that sits in the front of the class yep. and has the answer to all the questions. Yep. So that's who Zach was. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, and then I guess one of the things I just wanted to touch on is. This kind of reminded me of, like, the narratives in... So, you know, in, during World War II, like, um, in Japan, a lot of the youth um, that were used in the, like, the war um, were kind of just sent out to die by the adults. Like, um, hmm. uh, kind of an example is I know there was, like, one time where the U.S. was going to storm a beach and they knew they were coming, so they sent out a bunch of young Japanese... Um, um, kids to basically be there to be shot to mm-hmm. kind of slow them down and it just kind of reminded me of the whole idea of there's always been kind of this thing in japan to me that the young generation doesn't trust the adults mm-hmm. and the narrative mm-hmm. here is very much the same like the adults are the ones that covered up the history yeah mm-hmm. the adults are the ones that you know are doing the cloning and keeping it like hidden um they're hiding the technology with the wormhole mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so there's a lot of mistrust for adults this whole time, mm-hmm. too. And um, I I just, I kind of felt that all the way through that, like, it's another thing, like, the young generation has to make up for the mistakes uh, what, of what the adults mm-hmm. have to do yeah. here as well. And it just, it kind of feels like that narrative kind of comes out of, like, a lot of stuff in Japan quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always think back to kind of Battle Royale, too. Um, I know the director of that kind of, he was in World War II and he kind of related his, like, that movie to, you know, the young adults of Japan don't trust, or the young, the children and the teenagers of Japan do not trust the adults because the adults lie. They don't tell the truth and it just kind of seems like every once in a while that narrative kind of comes back and mm-hmm. uh, I, I, that's kind of what I kind of gained out of it and, you know, it's up to the younger generation to fix the mistakes of, that adults have made and you know even here like our you know adults continue to make now or mm-hmm. where you know the young generation wants to save the environment and like yeah. you know make things better but you know the adults are still pushing back and preventing that from happening we're sorry we're just gonna let the meteor or the asteroid hit us yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just gotta invent wormholes now yeah yeah couldn't they just take a wormhole and dump that thing in an asteroid or something what if they just made a big wormhole like to get to an asteroid out of the way yeah <laughs> Why didn't they make the whole ship out of the asteroid? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just make the asteroid the ship. <laughs> we made a wormhole, and we're going to get rid of healthcare with it. It's like, <laughs> you, you fools! <laughs> it's like, let's make the metaphor real. <laughs> um, is there anybody else has any kind of closing comments on Astra? I wanted to bring up the covers, just because I think they're really cool. Um, so, in the first episode... They have that chain when Kanata and, and the pink-haired girl, I can't think of her name, Ares. Ares, were stuck in space and they were trying to get back to the ship, but they're going to be off trajectory. And so the other kids make a human chain to grab them. That's not in the manga. And I was like, but it's on the covers. Because you have Kanata and, As- and Adam, yeah. Yeah, each- you know, going towards the ship. And then each progressive volume, you get two more characters. And the other two on the first volume ahead... They move closer to the ship, and they just keep going and going. And then you've got the final one, and it's like, is that Char? Because he's the only one not facing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, that's the guy who's the killer, and they're still reaching out for him. And it's like, oh, my. I just, I love the continuity on the covers. I was like, that's cool. Do you know if the covers were the same as the ones in Japanese? Uh, Not off the top of my head, no. That's something Char confirmed. It's also kind of nice because you realize it's sort of featured, like the feature characters are focused on in their covers. Because, like, Volume (laughs) 3... That's Lucas' cover, and that's when he yep. has his big reveal about being gender fluid. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah, they're the same. So yeah, they're so they same. just basically took the same ones from Japan, and oh, that's really cool. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was really neat, and I, I didn't really even like pick up on it until like uh, volume three when like Lucas is so prominent, and I'm like, wait a minute. So then I started thinking about who was mm-hmm. being featured in each one, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty much true. But I really like the human chain that they were yeah. making to get to the Astra. 
Yeah. Anybody else have any closing thoughts? The one thing I really dug, like I know we dipped into it a little bit before we went to Spoiler Town, but um, <laughs> just the fact that each of the planets they go to, the ecology is just really well thought out. Mm-hmm. Like I think the one that stood out me the, mo- the most was the one where like it's about the second or third planet they get to where everything's covered in sort of a moss and they find it really weird and they find these weird sort of ostrich creatures <laughs> that they end up befriending and are really f- helpful. But then at one point, all of a sudden, there's these big towering funguses that let out spores and everybody gets sick. And it's because they realize that there's no like like mobile creature that's the alpha predator. It's the fungus itself because it has these super tasty foods that creatures can go and approach and get, but then it will unleash death spores, pretty much, so all the bodies just clump up at the base so it can absorb those nutrients. Mm-hmm. And then anything it sees as a helpful creature, it actually gives, and it makes an antidote fruit, pretty much. Then yeah. they ended up getting a lot of those to help rescue the crew that got sick. And just that, I thought that conceptually was really cool. Just the, the Tidelock planet we mentioned earlier, where it was the nice Goldilocks zone, where people or where things can live and otherwise it's either blazing inferno or frozen ice ball and they had like the obligatory beach episode of course really you had to have a beach episode it was it was an ocean <laughs> world that was just this like look nothing on bad Thomas's face. I nothing hate bad happens here it's great why are episode. we leaving <laughs> I hate the beach episode for every series ever I love the birds I usually way, will wait till it airs and then yeah. I check to see if there's actually anything <laughs> of narrative value in it and if there's not I skip that episode but there's a suit and they're all gonna die. This is why that entire oh. ocean planet doesn't have land. Yeah, they also made that episode of the anime more fan service so if you haven't seen oh, it yet, get, get ready for like slow motion like, oh, oh. Your, your swimsuit is too big for your boobs, Aries. She goes like, I never noticed. And it's just like, literally that's what happens. And I'm like, yeah, I don't remember this from the manga, but okay. Yeah. Oh, it's not in the manga. It's oh. not God. Every time. <laughs> yeah. If you guys haven't, if you guys can't tell, I'm not a huge fan of fan service. So, uh, which I also enjoyed in this that, you know, there was a little bit, but it never was like overdone. Um, and hopefully that episode of the anime is all we ever see. <laughs> um, Just that and the commenting on Yunwa needing underwire for her spacesuit. Oh, God. Yeah. I will yeah. say that that, that was a thoughtful design touch. Yeah. It yeah. really yeah. was. <laughs> Uh, well, did you have any closing thoughts on Astra? Uh, just, uh, you know, I really liked it a lot. Uh, I do agree with, like, your commenting on uh, younger generations, and mm-hmm. I think this still continues the more optimistic view that, that people seem to have mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the younger generations on building a better future. And Yeah, I just really enjoy that aspect of the of the. Of the, of the manga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing I feel like we don't see enough of anymore. It's just optimistic sci-fi. Yeah. Like, that's, I've always oh, been a big man. Star Trek fan. That was a lot of that. It's just like, mm-hmm. there's hope for the future. And you get caught up in like the stuff like the Evangelion, the Gundam, where it's just like, oh, it's just endless war and death. And it's good to see some people just be like, no, we're here to make the world a better place. And the world gets to be a better place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just love that vibe. And yeah. that's part of what I think made this series so endearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody wants to live in like Picard's like ideal like uh, utopia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, he gets a dog now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for that new show. Oh, me <laughs> but too. God, I still will not subscribe to CBS. There's <laughs> 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 just not enough there for the price. Right. Just um, go get a bunch of fake I, email addresses and just sign <laughs> in. Yeah, there you go. I, I just subscribe for Star Trek seasons and then just cancel when it's off. Yeah. <laughs> So, Astra, we currently do have uh, all five volumes on our website, so mm-hmm. if you are interested in what we've been talking about, please come over and check that out and, and come it pick is, it up. it is part of the simulcast sale. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. uh, which we will be running as the time that this gets published, so make yep. sure you check that out. Uh, the anime is currently streaming on uh, Funimation mm-hmm. Now and Hulu. Uh, Funimation Now, I believe, has a dub for it. Um, there's mm-hmm. been no announcement of a physical release since it's still streaming, but I could pretty much tell you it's yeah. probably going to get a physical release. It's, it seems to be doing well and trending. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Astro Lost in Space. Um, so just a couple things to close us out. Uh, as Quinn said, we do have our simulcast sale going mm-hmm. this week. Uh, we're highlighting a bunch of things that are currently streaming. Fire Force. Oh, uh, gosh, Fire Force. Yes. All, <laughs> what, all 16 volumes are we up to? Or? Uh, I 
think that there are now 18 on the site. I just added the latest one, Mm. and uh, you guys are making it hard to keep them in stock. I'm just going to put it that way. (laughs) And now they're going to be on sale. I know. Now now they're all just, so if they're out, just order them. They'll be back. Mm. They'll be back. Uh, Vinland Saga, um, and then we have, like we had just talked about, Astra is going to be in there. So if there's anything that you're currently streaming and you're interested in maybe a manga version, see if you have any merchandise or anything for it, just come on, stop over, and check out our simulcast sale that is currently running um and then just a quick note uh we will uh be at crunchyroll expo this year for the first time ever in san jose uh over labor day weekend uh sunday september 1st at 145 to 245 the right stuff anime panel will be happening uh, we will have a couple announcement there um so come over check us out uh i'll have prizes for you so temptation yes come get some gift cards meet thomas and get things yes <laughs> come, come meet me at right at the country roll and i will either be there or trying to get an autograph from junji ito <laughs> maybe i'll get him to sign the goldfish one instead just to see what he says there you go. <laughs> oh this isn't my work it's kind of the same thing no, no it's not <laughs> so but yeah, uh, other than that, I think that's all we've got for this new uh, Right Stuff Anime podcast. Uh, so we will continue doing this bi-weekly, so we'll see you again in two weeks. I don't know what we're going to review. We'll have to sit down and put our heads together and yep. maybe find something that has is less of a space comedy. <laughs> Even though it wasn't a space comedy at moments, it's a space comedy. Mm-hmm. So, well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll check you guys out next time. Bye. 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 Here we go.